Good morning, good people. I'm Agnes Drew with Dr. Rosalind Clark bringing you another rousing day of Mercury, a broadcast of hope. Today is day 424 since we've been back on the air. For all of you Max lovers out there, the change in the weather has made Max a little sick. Again. He's been nursing a sore throat and a sinus infection, and no one wants to hear a congested Fred Mertz on the radio. Sorry, Max, but it's true. I hope your latest tea concoction really works on him. I could barely sleep last night from all of his wheezing. Me too. I did the best I could with the herbs and botanicals I could find, but the way he was coughing this morning... I'm not sure if it's working. Kind of makes me miss those good old antibiotics of yesteryear. Any news this week? According to this letter, the Farmers Council at St. Eloise is hosting a Christmas tree festival. Really? That's really normal. How are they able to pull that off? When is it? It says here, Saturday, December 15th. In the spirit of community and ushering in the holiday season, they're opening it up to everyone. Families are encouraged to bring their kids for a day of family fun. It will be open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. It will feature a small variety of trees that you might see at your normal Christmas tree farm gathering, but still a grand old time to be had by all. It even says here that there is a live banjo band that will be playing from the hours of 2 to 5 p.m. How nice of the folks over at St. Eloise. I'm not sure if we'll be able to make a trip out there, but it's nice to know that there is a spirit of celebration in the air. I feel like it's been ages since I've heard live music. Yeah, folk music was never my preference before, but now I would give anything to hear someone strum a guitar and beat on a drum. It's crazy the things you miss when you don't have it every day. Will the party have anything else? Handmade ornament making, limited selection of sourwood and wildflower honey, and an assortment of carnival-style games. Where is it going to take place? At the Jackson Waller Family Farm. Oh, it says down here that all will be required to leave weapons at the entrance with marked security personnel. Armed farmers will patrol the perimeter to keep the zombies and other unwanted guests from disrupting the festival. Well, shout out to the folks down at the Jackson Waller Farm. Oh, does it have an address? Um, let's see, an address. Um, oh, right here. It says, uh, 4121 Go Getem Road, right off of County Road 65, two miles before you reach Anderson's Park. I think there's something on the back. Flip it over. Oh, they also left a note on the back of this letter saying that they love our show and listen almost every morning. Aw, thanks, you guys. You know, I was bummed about Max being all sick, but this really lifted my spirits. And I know this is going to make Max thrilled. We've all been suffering from a bit of cabin fever. A trip out of studio that has nothing to do with scouring for the last can of canned corn will do us all a lot of good. And just think how the kids in the area are going to love it. It's been such a rough year. Things like this help create a sense of community and remind us of who we are without the undead. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, I've been thinking about that. Ever since we passed the year mark of our broadcast, I've been thinking about the difference between us and the undead. How... If we're not careful, we can become mindless drones whose only existence is to find the next meal. As silly as it may be, things like this party remind me that the difference between us and them is that we get to have mindful, sensual, fulfilling, connected experiences to never take that for granted. Truthfully speaking, if I were isolated somewhere, well, this would be a lot tougher. That's all. You all keep me going. 
and our devoted listeners, of course. You brought up something that stood out to me,、uh, the idea of isolation versus community. We've discussed it before, and the importance of connecting with others, not just for safety, but for mental health as well. However, I want to explore the case for isolation. What do you mean? Anyone out there that has chosen to not be with a larger group, or even a smaller group for that matter, I want to encourage you to write to us and let us know what your experience has been thus far. Do you miss companionship? Do you want companionship? Have you struggled searching for food, shelter when you come across strangers? Do you feel that they perceive you as dangerous because you're a loner? Just tell us your stories. Send in your letters. I think it's important as we venture into a new society and rebuild civilization, we should make it a point to understand people and the decisions on how they decide their to live their lives now. I was encouraged to talk about this when I came across an article once about、uh, this particular tribe that lived on an island in the Indian Ocean. They're known as the Senegalese tribe and. Are considered to be one of the most isolated tribes in the world by many anthropologists. I've never had any direct dealings with the island, but I've heard about it in passing. I read that the Senegalese is an indigenous tribe dating back to over forty thousand years ago. The island, which is about the size of Manhattan, sits in the Bay of Bengal between India and Myanmar. Sightings indicate that they have dark skin with thick peppercorn hair. It's assumed that they descended from African peoples who migrated from the continent. No scientist I've ever known has ever gone because it's against the law to actually sail there. The few times that people have visited, either the inhabitants kill them or the visitors make the inhabitants sick. I wonder whatever happened to them since the apocalypse. The last thing I remember hearing about the Sentinelese was that they had survived the tsunami that struck the Andaman Islands back in 2004. Hmm. Do you think they survived the zombie apocalypse? It's hard to say, given we don't know the mechanism that causes a human corpse to reanimate. It's a toss-up. On one hand, it may be the safest place in the whole world. Think about it—they're on an island surrounded by the Indian Ocean. Most people have never even heard of the North Sentinel Islands. So, who would think to sail there in an uprising, which makes their chance of being bitten by an outsider almost nil? Conversely, the Sentinelese has violently ostracized themselves from the rest of the world for millennia, which means their immune systems are incredibly vulnerable. The common cold could kill them, much less the zombie apocalypse situation. If whatever this is is airborne, I can't imagine the tribe being able to survive. Their systems just wouldn't be able to take it. Heck, we can't even take it. Given the evidence that we have, I'd rather choose the former versus the latter. In a lot of ways, the Senegalese were probably the best prepared for an apocalypse. Untested immune systems aside, they have a leg up on using nature for food and weapons and living without electricity. No arguments there. Their diet is sourced directly from the elements. They use coconuts for carbohydrates and fats, animals for protein. Life for them pre-zombies is. Probably not that much different than life post zombies. To our audience out there, given your current situation, would you choose to go to an island isolated by yourself with a near one thousand percent certainty that no one would ever visit you, but you'll have all your basic needs? Or would you rather stay here 
with people that you know, but also with zombies. Something to think about. Definitely something to think about. I think that's going to wrap up our show today. Signing off, this is Agnes Drew and Dr. Rosalind Clark. Take care of each other.